Welcome to Near Death Experience Podcast. I'm Chaz Hathaway. Today we're going to share the experience of Jeff from enderf.org. Jeff says, I have had three near-death experiences in my life. The first one was when I was born. I wasn't expected to live for more than two weeks. I was a blue baby. My lungs weren't fully developed. The second one happened when I was around six or seven. I was very sick and was pulled out of my body for a short period of time so that the body could be adjusted. The third happened when I was 25 back in 1985. That one was different. I unconsciously talked Dale, my work partner, into not going down into a 12-foot trench. Normally, we would trade off. One stayed above ground and the other went below ground. Not today. I was a water well tech up north in the cold country. Our job was to set the pump down the well after a drilling team was done running the water line and AC down a trench and into buildings to build or to bring forth water. It was a dangerous job, but we didn't think about that too much. I had been on the job for about a year and a half when it happened. A month before it happened, I started having these weird dreams. It was like rehearsing for a play. I never felt or had any fear about it. They were about what I needed to do in a cave-in. It went on for a week until I said, Enough! Then it stopped. I never saw how it would end, and over time I forgot about it. Then the day came. It started out like any other day, except Dale was in an uneasy frame of mind. Something clearly was bothering him. I had thought that maybe it was something I said. He just wasn't himself that day. So then we went out to the country to do this deep well commercial project. The well was 1,800 feet deep, and the trench was deeper than normal, 12 foot instead of 8 foot deep and less than 3 feet wide, and I stand at 6 feet tall. Dale was really agitated at this point and short with me. We looked the job over and got to work. As I was gathering up the tools and hardware, Dale grabbed his hip waders due to the amount of water and slush from the snow melting down in the bottom of the trench. It was going to be a messy job. I had all the intention of going down in my mind, but when I saw him putting on the waders, I told him I would go down. That started a slightly heated argument between us to let him go down and I would have gone over the well head and worked above ground. It did cross my mind for a moment, but for, the, for some reason I had in my head that I was going to go down into the trench. After about 15 minutes of arguing with him, he finally fr- threw them off and said, Fine! I felt pleased about it. I met him over at the well head and we made the connection between the well head and the water line. After that, he started doing what he needed to, to, and I started walking the soft copper wire down the trench. I'd probably gotten about 20 to 30 feet away from the well head, hunched over, when I looked up and saw the side of the wall starting to peel away. 
This is where the dream kicked in. I let the copper go, stood straight up against the opposite wall, crossed my arms over my chest, then I yelled, Dale! And I took a deep breath and then closed my eyes. Later, Dale would tell me that he heard me and yelled back, What? He looked up and saw that I was gone. About a dump truck's worth of heavy wet shale came down on me. As I was being crushed to death, I remember asking myself if I was going to die. An answer came back saying, yes. Then I said, I didn't want to die. The voice said, you're going to. I felt myself slowly losing the battle as I tried to find an alternative to the situation I was in. And at one point, the pain was so strong that I screamed out my last breath into the darkness that covered me. I was done. All hope was lost. I gave up the fight. At this point, I must have popped out of my body and into the darkness that was around me, but still next to my body. There was no pain at this point. I remember it being so dark and so lonely, absolutely void. I wondered if this is how the end played out and I would just fade away into nothing, or if there was something more beyond the state that I was in. I screamed in my head, out into the pitch blackness that engulfed me. Well then, when? Then an arm came around my hunch, over my hunched, came around my hunched over body, and pulled me out. Except now we were moving up, and I was no longer in my body, feeling lighter and free. I thought about my family, and then I heard, "They will be fine." Fine, I thought. As we were moving, I remember seeing parts of my life, but I didn't care about those things. I knew my life and just acknowledged it as it happened, as it was happening. I had no clue to what was happening to me or where I was going. We stopped so I could listen to how the universe sounded as it expanded. Like a deep hum all around me. Everything was so alive all around me, and I felt I was part of everything, and everything was part of me. We were one. I now understood how we were all connected to each other. All this knowledge was opening up to me. So beautiful, so endless, sounds I have never heard before, colors so intense and new, unlike any I have ever seen. I remember seeing myself as this transparent being of pure light, and when we communicated, our whole being would flash different colors depending on our response. I realized then there was nothing I could hide from anyone. So much love, pure divine love around everything, everywhere. I was totally engulfed in it. I saw things I can't be even begin to describe. The awe factor was way off the charts. I saw a handsome young man who later identified as my grandfather. I was shown a beautiful city that glowed a golden-like aura. I felt like I was truly home again. This was very familiar to me. Then I was taken even higher. In a flash, I was on a floor in a vast room. There were these vast steps in front of me, and my eyes slowly followed them up until I saw what was above me. I immediately hit the floor, 
face down and said, I am not worthy to be here. I should not be here over and over. I was before the Holy Trinity. I couldn't look at it. It was so blindingly bright. In a flash, the Christ told me to stand up, and I did. He then pulled me into himself, and I was gone. When I came to, I was being cradled in this huge energy-like ball that felt endless and was truly feminine in nature. Like the best mom in the universe, I knew that it was the Holy Spirit, the female aspect of God, the mother of the universe. She assured me and rocked me to sleep. I was then back in my body. When I opened my eyes, I saw and felt the sunshine on me. I was still in that wonderful connection. The sky was as intense blue and the clouds so white and beautiful. Then I turned my head and saw Dale crying and digging me out by the hand. By hand. He had dug not straight down, but from the inside of the trench inward. I was in a fetus position. I told him that I was fine and that everything was so wonderful, but I couldn't hear him and he wasn't hearing me. I began to wonder what the problem was and realized I was breathing. I was trying to talk to him in thought form and it wasn't working. I then tried to remember the sensation of what it was like to breathe. I started to panic in out, I thought over and over and again until it happened. When I took that first breath, I was then sealed or uh, I was then seated in my body, and this extreme pain hit me like a train. I could feel my organs dying, and what felt like ribs through my lungs and internal bleeding, etc. I took one arm and wrapped it around my upper chest in hopes of trying to. Uh, try in hopes to try to keep things in place. Dale and someone else just stared at me in shock. Wide-eyed they were, speechless. I said, get me out of here. Nothing. So I mustered up enough strength to pull myself out and climbed up out of the trench with them screaming and me not to move. I was so happy to be up and out. I did a quick inventory of myself and lit up a cigarette. I figured if I was going to die again, I was going to have that last smoke. I did quit eventually. My insides were pushed up like a tube of toothpaste. My neck now has a reverse of the uh, cervical spine with a compound fracture at C6. All the ligaments down my back were heavily damaged. I had a choice here. Even though I was taught what to do, I had a choice. I gave up my life so that another could live. The greatest gift a person could ever give to another. That's, that gets you to the front of the line with a clean slate. That is why I went before the Holy Trinity. I still have that connection and sometimes go back in meditation. The kingdom of heaven is truly within each and every one of us, and we can tap into this anytime we need to. 
I continue to grow closer to the Spirit within me each day, learning and experiencing wonderful things. Okay, so what an incredible experience. Very interesting. And there's something in here that I wanted to point out first off, because I have not, that I can remember anyway, come across in previous uh, near-death experiences. And that's the idea of sleep. Now, it's a little bit unclear here whether his sleep was a true sleep on the other side or whether it was just the way he was put back in his body, like he was put back to sleep so that he could wake up in his body. But it appears when he wakes up in his body that Jeff doesn't immediately connect. You know, he's he's there with his body in the same space, but it hasn't uh, latched on yet, if you will. It hasn't locked into place. And, uh, and, you know, we talked about that recently, about how um, sometimes a body will, um, you know, a person can be in and out of their body and not be able to stick, if you will. And, you know, when they're trying to come back and this seems like one of the situations where he's kind of fitting in and it's starting to fit and at some point it clicks and at that point he's in extreme pain and he's not breathing and all this stuff. But prior to that, he's there and he's just like happily trying to tell his friend through his thoughts because that's still how he's thinking that communication happens. He's like, it's okay, I'm fine and so forth. But, but it's interesting because as he's in the arms of this mother in heaven, he is feeling this, you know, love, just absolutely um, uh, all-encompassing love. He's experiencing these, uh, you know, in fact, when he first enters the presence of what he calls the Holy Trinity, and, you know, there are different, uh, different religions interpret the Trinity differently you know, but basically he's in the presence of God. And, uh, and he speaks of, of the Christ being there, of God being there, and whether these are all one being, or whether they are different aspects of the same being, or whether they are different beings, and, and all together they're called the Trinity. Whatever uh, definition you use, uh, he was there in front of it, and of them. And, uh, he says that there's this huge energy ball and he feels this uh, feminine uh, being take him into her arms. And uh, she says, she, re- she assured me and rocked me to sleep. We also talked recently about how often people will find themselves climbing onto God's lap or Jesus's lap or something as if they're a small child. And I don't know whether this is a situation where he was in a child form in the spirit or not, but the the, uh, form of a child is a common one. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure what that means, but uh, it seems that in the presence of God, many people feel like a child. And I think that may be part of the explanation is that in the presence of God, we are all, as this person says, feel like nothing. I'm not worthy to be here. We all may feel some of that. And yet, what really seems to be the case is that we are like children 
in his presence. Just so, he's so, so far beyond what we are, and yet we are part of what he is, much as our children are part of what we are. And, and just like our children want to grow up to be like us, and can, and will, if they, you know, live safely enough to get there, our Heavenly Father seems to want us to grow up, to become more like Him, to gain more knowledge and understanding and compassion and love. That seems to be what He wants for us. And that seems to be what that seems to me one of the re- possible reasons why we may take on the form of a child in his presence at times. Just a guess, but interesting. Okay, so we're kind of reviewing this in backwards order, but uh, but it, it's because this is kind of the order of things that are standing out to me. Uh, when he first goes and he's he's traveling with someone, he doesn't identify who immediately and doesn't seem to know who, but there's somebody there with him and they are traveling outward into the universe, but at the same time too, they're expanding into the universe. So it's almost like his awareness, his consciousness is expanding outward. And as this is happening, a knowledge is opening up to him. Uh, oneness with other things is opening up to him. And then this little bit of information, which I find very interesting. He says, I remember seeing myself as this transparent being of light. And when we communicated, our whole being would flash different colors depending on our response. I realized that there was nothing I could hide from anyone. Now, the idea of not being able to hide anything from anyone is not new if you've been listening a long time. But He's this being of pure light, uh, this transparent being of pure light. I'm picturing something akin to his body, what looks like his body, healthy, and maybe in prime at this point. I don't know, but he's transparent, except for light beaming from him. And as they communicate, their being, this person that they are, would flash different colors depending on their responses. That is so interesting. I'm picturing almost like one of those uh, machines. You know the scene on on It's a Wonderful Life where the stars are talking to each other. It's angels talking to each other or whatever. And and they're talking about uh, George Bailey. And, and you've got this star over here kind of flashing as it's talking and so forth. I'm kind of picturing something like that, but obviously much cooler, (laughs) but uh, flashing in these different colors based on their responses. What is that? (laughs) And yet it's so cool. I don't even know what to make of that, except it's cool. One thing I have heard uh, fairly recently regarding uh, auras, if you will, and some different people who can see these different lights around people or around spirits or whatever, will argue, not argue, but they'll have differing opinions on on whether this is an aura or whether it is just a reflection of what the person is feeling or experiencing at the moment or whatever, you know, it, on a 
on a, a rough day their aura is going to be a different color or intensity or and so forth you know and it, it kind of makes me wonder if that's a little bit what we're talking about here maybe something of the state that they're in based on their thought processes feelings and so forth and as responses would come maybe a mention of the family as he mentioned because he says what about my family and, and he's told they'll be fine that feeling of love for his family may reflect in some color and and light that uh, may be different than when he's asking you know what is the meaning of life and and getting these responses or or uh, just responding to a beautiful scene before him you know the stars or whatever he's seeing and just reflecting this beauty it may show a different color or different type of light than he sees uh, with a different response to a different question. I've not heard that before, and it's very interesting and very cool. I, I'm going to try to take note and see if I can find other experiences where responses or the way they're communicating is affecting the light that is around them or within them. Very interesting, very interesting, and a beautiful experience. Okay, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can do so by emailing neardeathexperiencepodcast at gmail.com or by calling 970-NDE-CAST to leave a comment, question, or if you have an experience of your own to share, I would love to share it on the podcast. I tend to share the comments and questions that come on the podcast, so if you don't want it shared, just mention it. I'd rather this not be shared. And I've started just sharing first names. So if you would like more than your first name um, to be shared, go ahead and share that. If you don't want any of your name shared, please just say so. And I will gladly respect any of your requests that way. So um, also, if you would like to support the podcast, you can go to our website, neardeathexperiencepodcast.org, and click on support the podcast. It's one of the uh, menu tabs at the top that will take you to patreon.com slash ndecast where you can sign up to become a monthly contributor we are getting very close to $50 you guys and if we hit $50 on that uh, on that patreon account I will record an ep- extra episode per week that I will post on that patreon site for those who are contributing whatever amount they're contributing so we're getting really close to that so uh, just so you know but anyway thank you all of you so much again for listening